just going to ask Aaron now to start the video. Hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> For my next trick. How about a tap dance? Oh, my dad joke's coming in a minute. Can't rush these things. Can't rush these things. That's it. That's it. It's, it's, it's coming. I love the smooth transition that we've got going, happening right now. Dad joke. Okay, we go with the dad joke. You're almost there? Okay, there you go. And he's pretty great. Build-A-Dad is available in many shapes, sizes, and qualities and includes a variety pack of accessories. You can build a business dad or a funny dad, a handy dad, or a where-do-you-think-you're-going dad. You can build a disappointed dad or a sad dad, a friendly dad, or a don't-make-me-pull-this-car-over dad. Build a superhero dad. dad, a proud dad, or a teaching my kid to drive dad. Build a short dad, or a tall dad, a hairy dad, or a going bald dad. Build a tea party dad, or a princess ballerina dad, a my daughter's first date dad, or a time for a lecture dad. Act now and we'll send you the attachable kung fu denture grip. <laughs> now, wait a minute, that's not how it really works. Although, the kung fu denture grip would be kind of cool. Father's Day is a day to thank God for the unique, one-of-a-kind dad he created just for us. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Build-A-Dad includes two bottles of non-toxic hair tonic for hair follicle encouragement. May not work depending on heredity and life stress. In some cases, hair tonic may not work at all. But God loves you just the way you are. Thanks, Dads. That was worth the wait. That was so worth it. I've got to tell you, right, here's, here's, a, here's a clue. Don't keep infused church a secret. Don't keep infused church a secret. This is the best church in the Adelaide Hills. This is the best church in the Adelaide Hills. I love this church. I love you people. But more importantly, I know that you love God and that he loves you. And you're in the right place. How about you tell someone this week, how Father's Day rocked at Infused Church. Eh? So, Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the fathers. I thank you that you'd bless them, encourage them, build them up. And I pray that as I speak this word today, that you would be honoured and glorified in it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. We can't possibly start this message without a dad joke. All right, so here's the first of my dad jokes. You ready for this? Okay, this is a bit of a story. So as ham sandwiches go, it was perfection. Thick slab of ham, a fresh bun, crisp lettuce, and plenty of expensive light brown gourmet mustard. The corners of my jaw were aching in anticipation. I carried it to the picnic table in our backyard. I picked it up with both hands, but I was stopped by my wife, who suddenly was at my side. She thrust our six-year-old Johnny into my hand. She said, can you... Oh, Six-week-old six Johnny. Six, six, I'm telling the joke. It's my story. And I'll mess it up however I like. 
This is one of those jokes you get two for one. <laughs> Shh. So my wife is suddenly at my side with a six-week-old son, little Johnny. She says, hold him while I go and get my own sandwich. So I balanced little Johnny in the crook of my left elbow and my shoulder and I was reaching again for my ham sandwich when I saw a streak of mustard on my fingers. I love mustard. But I had no napkin, so I licked it off. It wasn't mustard. (laughs) You've never seen a man put a child down so fast. And it's never been seen again, me running with my tongue hanging out. Ah. Are there any religious people here today? Excellent. We're in a church that uh, likes to appreciate and honour people. We believe in encouraging, empowering and equipping people and Uh, engaging with the people around about us. So this morning, I would like to encourage all of our fathers here today. I personally want to thank you for helping me to become a better father. I want to thank you for doing the best that you can with what you have. I want to say thank you to all the fathers for loving the families that you have like the way that you do. And I want to cheer you on this morning, and I want to say to you, keep going, keep loving, Keep giving, keep laughing, keep crying even, and keep being the father that God has created you to be. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says this. It says, God is, uh, doesn't take back the gifts that he's given or forget about the people that he's chosen. And I want to say to you this morning, that God has gifted you to be a father. He's chosen you and called you to be a father. He knew what he was doing and he hasn't changed his mind about you being a dad. See, a lot of people say that uh, they were an accidental child at birth. I don't believe there's ever an accidental child, but I do believe that there are accidental parents sometimes. So I, I, I just want to say to you, you are cool. You've been chosen today. God loves you. Now, all you need to do is to do the best that you can, learning from your mistakes working on your growth areas and walk in the strengths that you as a father have and rely on God for the rest. Just chill out, relax. It's okay. My prayer is that everyone will get something out of this message here today. I find it really interesting that we in the Western world have so... uh, we, We can make generalizations so easily. We have an, an experience with someone and then we paint everyone with that same brush. What do I mean by that? I'm, I'm simply talking about generalizations. Many Christians are described as judgmental because they were judged by a person calling themselves a Christian. Therefore, most Christians are judgmental. Most Christians, people say, are hypocrites because uh, they say that uh, one thing, but they live the opposite. Therefore, Christians are hypocrites. How about, how about this one? This is what I heard quite a lot when I was working as a police officer. You can never find a cop when you need one, okay? The idea being that someone needed a policeman somewhere at some point, and because they couldn't find one or speak to one, all policemen are hard to find, except when you start speeding and then they jump out of your boot and they book you. 
With any generalization, we have our experience of a person, an incident, or a season of life, and then we paint all people, all similar incidents or seasons in our lives with that same brush as the original person, incident, or season that we went through. We say to ourselves uh, that they are all the same. Well, here's a newsflash. They're not all the same. Not all Christians are judgmental or hypocrites. Some are, but most aren't because we all realize that we need God's grace in life and we're simply doing our best. Not all police officers are hard to find. Not all tradies arrive late for a quote. Not all teachers hate children. Not all politicians lack integrity. Not all car salespeople tell lies. Not all Americans are arrogant. Not all clergy sexually abuse children. And here's the big one. Not all fathers are the same either. Matthew 3 verse 17 says this. A voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Let me say that again. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. If I were to articulate in words what I want to hear most of all from my own earthly father, it would be this. I love you, son. That's what I want to hear the most from my own father. See, my father grew up in a generation where you rarely ever said, I love you. I have never to this day heard my father say of my mother or my stepmother, that I love you. I've never heard him say those words. I've never heard, so I've rarely heard my father say to me that he loves me, yet in his own way I know that he does. I have had him say that he loves me. I know that he loves me because he always went to work for us and provided for us. He clothed us and he fed us. I know he loves me because of the things that he did for me. He took me to a football game in England to see Brighton and Ove Albion play Chelsea. I saw other games as well. To this day, they are the most powerful things that I remember of my father. In fact, when we went back to England only last year, we actually went to see Brighton and Ove Albion play. And as I walked into the stadium, the stadium was completely different from when I was as a child. Uh, went there. But as I walked into the stadium, I became very emotional because I remembered it was the time that I best connected with my father as I walked into a football stadium and I remembered the time that I was there holding my father's hand walking in through the gates to watch a football match. It was powerful for me. There's other times where I know that my father loved me because he carried me on his shoulders and he pretended to, to like make it like I'm going to fall. So you got the kid on the shoulder. Most of dads have done this. You've got your kid on your shoulders and you go, whoa, you know, whoa, like this. And you think, you're like, oh, I'm dead, you know. But he, <laughs> <coughs> and for the really lucky ones, you had hair to hang on to. Yeah. Or ears. Or ears. <laughs> but I knew, not once did my dad ever drop me. And some of you are saying, well, I'm not sure. You look like you've been dropped on your head. <laughs> but my, not once did my dad ever drop me. 
I felt safe in his hands and he had a good grip on me when he was messing about. He took me and my brother motorbike riding, though we had some phenomenal times. He came to my graduation as a police officer. He came to my commissioning here as the pastor of this church. See, I know that my earthly father loves me. He's told me so and he showed me so as well. Here's some things that I've heard many times as a pastor. I've heard people say that the way I see God the Father has been through the lens of my earthly father. In other words, people believe that their heavenly father was like their earthly father. I've heard people say that they feel that God is remote, distant, and far away because that's what their relationship with their own father was like. He was remote, he was distant, and he was far away. I've heard people say that God is a strict disciplinarian because their own father was. Their father was waiting for the smallest mistake so that he could punish and discipline them. I've heard people say that they don't pray. Why on earth would they anyway? Because their father never listened to them or paid attention to them, let alone gave them what they were asking for. So why would I pray to a father that just doesn't listen? I've heard people attribute sickness, disease and death to God, the father, because their own experience of their own father was that he made them sick he abused them some way, he made them suffer, or simply wanted to really hurt them. You know, I, I know that there are likely people here who have experienced an earthly father who's done much worse than anything that I've said this morning, and my heart aches for you. It really aches for you. I want to say that I love and I honor my own father, but there have been times when my own, ex own perception of God was wrong. Because I viewed him through the lens of my own earthly father. But here's the good news this morning. Our heavenly father is so much better than any earthly father ever could be. We've sung about him this morning. He's a good, good father. We don't have to wait to hear our own fathers tell us that he loves us and that we bring him joy this morning. Our Heavenly Father is saying that to us today, just as He spoke it into being when Jesus came up out of the waters of baptism, just as He spoke also to the world when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. When God the Father said, this is my dearly loved Son, and I want you to put in brackets, daughter as well. Like, this is my dearly loved Son, my daughter, who brings me great joy. Father God wasn't just speaking to Jesus that day. His words transcend time. His, his word transcends seasons. It comes to us today as though he was speaking it to Jesus at that time. He speaks it to us today. So when the Father said, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy, he's telling everyone this and he's saying it to us this morning. Jesus never had to guess about the Father's love for him. The Father came out and said it right up front. <clears throat> the Father said it right up front. Our, fa our family should never have to guess or trust that we love them. I want to say to dads today, to fathers, I want to say to you this, you need to come right out and say it. You need to tell your family, you need to tell your wife, you need to tell your kids, I love you. 
you look them square in the eye, you make sure you've got their attention, and you say, I want you to know, I love you. They are the most powerful words that a father can ever say to a child or to a spouse, to your wife. I love you. Today, hear the, fa- the word of the Father to us. You are dearly loved and bring him great joy. They need to hear you say this. As their father, your kids need you to say this to them. It speaks to the core of their identity, to the core of their security. It speaks to the core of their sense of belonging. One night, a a wife found her husband standing over their newborn baby's cot. Silently, she watched him. And as he stood looking down at the sleeping baby, she saw on his face a mixture of emotions, disbelief, doubt, amazement, delight, enchantment, skepticism. He'd stand back, shake his head and say, amazing, while standing there with a smile from ear to ear, touched by his unusual display and the deep emotions that it aroused within him. Her eyes glistened as she slipped her arms around him and she simply says, a penny for your thoughts, she whispered. He says, it's amazing when you take the time and really look closely, how can anyone make a baby's cot like that for only $29.99? I had yous then, didn't I? eh? Oh, oh, I milked that, didn't I? eh? They're saying, oh, what a lovely man. What words have sucked in. I love Father's Day. (laughs) Here's the truth. I have learned many things in life and continue to learn each day. And everyone says, praise God for that. So here's some things that I I think that might help you to to, to learn what sort of man God is, is looking for. Number one, God's looking for a man of compassion. In other words, God is looking for a man who put people before prophets. Over the long haul, relationships are more valuable than things. And we're going to be looking over the next few weeks about relationships. Number two, God's looking for a man of consistency. God is looking for, a, for men who put character before conformity. And they're not afraid to be different from the culture around them and to stand alone. Number three, God is looking for a man of cooperation. God is looking for people who put cooperation before competition. See, the Apostle Paul recognized that he'd get more done working together with other people. Number four, God's looking for men of commitment. God is looking for men who put the cause of Christ before their comfort. Someone who backs up their word with action, even when it gets uncomfortable. They're looking for a man of commitment. Number five, he's looking for a man of courage. He's looking for men who put service before security. In other words, God's looking for men with courage who are willing to risk for the, take a risk for the kingdom of God and willing to serve God with reckless abandonment. And here's my encouragement to dads today. Be the man of God, the father 
who has their priorities in the right order. Be the man of God, the father, who tells your kids, I love you and I am proud of you. Be the man of God, the father, who tells your children, I believe in you. Be the man of God, the father, who encourages your kids from God's word. Don't do what I did and beat your kids up with the Word of God, but rather use the Word of God to encourage them from it and with it. Let God's Word be something that your kids turn to in anticipation of encouragement, of comfort, of peace, teaching them to expect to be empowered and quickened by the Holy Spirit. Teach and model to them how they can run to you as their father when things go wrong or that they mess up, showing unconditional love and the grace of God to them. Let them know that nothing can stop your love for them. Tell them about Jesus and his love for them. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 10, it says this. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that once upon a time loved God, but that God lo- he, he, that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and damaged the, uh, the done to our relationship with God. The sort of love that this talks about is not some wimpy, lily-livered type of love. It's a it's not a powerless or impotent love, but a profound and deep and selfless love. Jesus went to the cross. He did what his father asked him to do because of the father's love for Jesus and for all of mankind. John chapter 14 verse 31 says this, and Jesus is saying this. Jesus said, I'm doing exactly what the father destined for me to accomplish so that the world will discover how much I love my Father. Now, come with me. In other words, Jesus was saying, I want you to experience the love of the Father in such a way that it it, it compels us to follow Him, to follow in His steps, to model His love, His grace, His forgiveness to the people that we're leading, whether it's our family or in our businesses, in our workplaces, wherever. Hearing that the Father loves us makes a difference in our lives. It gives us a reason to live for Him and to love Him in return and to accomplish all that He has for us to do. You've probably heard this many times, but I want to ask you this morning, do you actually believe this passage I'm about to read? Romans 8, 35 to 39 says this, Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, no, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We are sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us or me because Jesus loves me. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us.
Do you believe that this morning? Here's, here's your homework. Camp in that, that, that passage this week. Just use that as a devotion this week. Break it down. What does it mean for you? What, what does it mean for your family? Is that the way that your kids could look at you? Is that the way that we're leading our families? You see, the love of Jesus, the love of God embraces us. It empowers us. Nothing can come between the love of the Father and us. His love towards us is so adamant about embracing us and connecting with us that it actually pursues us all the days of our lives. Psalm 23 verse 6 says, Surely, surely, Goodness, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. It doesn't get puffed out. God's love doesn't get puffed out. His goodness doesn't run out of steam. It doesn't run out of energy. I went for a run yesterday. You're thinking, well, really? Okay. But I went for a run. 5Ks run. I did my usual minute walk, minute run, and I did that for the whole run. At the end of the run... I was glad it was the end. I'd run out of puff. Even though I was walking, running for the minute, you know, and doing that, it took me 31 minutes, 19 seconds to do a 5K run. I've got to tell you, that's over 11 minutes slower than my best time at the park run. And I was devastated. <laughs> no. But I, I ran out of puff. God's love won't run out of puff. God's, it, it doesn't run out of steam. It doesn't run out of energy. It doesn't run out of love. You know, we sang that song uh, uh, seasons ago. It says, your love never runs out, never fades out, whatever it is. I can't remember the exact words. But then, you know, some of us think, well, we sing that song, but just as it reaches me, it runs out. You know, you're standing there, you're waiting for it to get washed over in this, this love of God, and oh, I missed that again. You know, we, we sort of think, that's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God's love for you pursues you, pursues you. It chases you down. And I've got to tell you right now, you're not that quick. You're not that quick that you can outrun the love of God. You're thinking, I'm doing pretty good here. And you smack straight into the love of God because it was way ahead of you anyway. The unfailing love and goodness of our Heavenly Father is pursuing us today. It's chasing us, following us, and in hot pursuit of us. There's not going to be a day where God's love gives up chasing us or pursuing us. One of the funniest things that ever happened to me as a kid was, I, was, I don't know what I was doing, but I was, I was messing about on our driveway at the front of our house. I heard a commotion inside, and all of a sudden my younger brother, he's two and a half years younger than me, he come bolting out of the front door. The, the fly screen door has like smashed open and he's legged it. He's you know, whoo, whoo, going the big ones. Not three feet behind my brother is my dad. <laughs> and he says, if I catch you, you're in for it. I heard my dad say that many times. Now, he didn't catch us straight away, but he did catch us. <laughs> Some other things that my, my dad, some things I, I remember his, his favorite saying to us, I'm not telling you again. He did. <laughs> <laughs> a 
last but my, by no means least, this is another great saying of my dad. You smell petrol? <laughs> the other, the other, other way of saying that is, the other way of saying that is, pull my finger. That's what dads do. If you need that to be explained to you afterwards, come and see me and I'll let you pull my finger. <laughs> Dean's sitting there, I can't believe he's saying this. <laughs> Today is Father's Day. It's a day that we set aside to celebrate the fathers in our lives. I celebrate my dad. I really do. I want us, though, rather to be pointed towards our Heavenly Father who celebrates us and pursues us with His goodness and His unfailing love every day. He's for us and He's not against us. He wants us to reign in life like kings. He's empowered and quickened us to His Word and to His Holy Spirit. He's made us alive through Christ. And this morning, I believe that our Heavenly Father would declare over you, Paul Roanfeld, that I love you and I declare that you give me great joy. Over Naomi, I love you and you bring me great joy. Over all of you today, I love you and you bring me great joy, El. I love you and you bring me great joy, Adrian. It's what I believe that the Father would declare over you. And just as much as we need to hear those words from our Heavenly Father, so too do our families need to hear those same words from their dads. And I want to encourage us all, whether you are a father or a mother today, whether you are a child or a parent an uncle, an auntie, a grandparent, a grandchild. Make sure that you don't miss an opportunity to say, I love you and you bring me great joy. And I'm so glad that I know you and I can love you and celebrate over you today. Can I have everyone stand? I particularly want to pray for the dads this morning. So uh, if you're a dad, this is us praying for you right now. <clears throat> whether you're watching online or whether you're here right now, I just want to, to pray over our dads. I want to say to all of you, you are an incredible group of gentlemen. You are called and gifted by God to be a great dad. I want to say thank you for the times that you've cried over your kids, that you've wondered where you're going to be able to make ends meet to provide for your kids. I want to say how much I appreciate you, your commitment, your dedication, your love for your families is inspiring. And I look to you and I thank God that I know you because you helped me to be a great dad too. 
Because I see aspects in every single one of you that say, gee, I, I could try that. I could look at doing that with my kids, with my grandchildren. So thank you for helping me. But I want to pray over you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our dads today. Thank you for the fathers in the house. Thank you for those who are watching online this morning. And I thank you for them. I thank you for the difficulty of the task that sometimes lies before them. But I also thank you for the outrageous times of fun and laughter that they enjoy too. I thank you for the tears that they've shed. I thank you for the times that they've knelt down by the side of their bed and they've prayed for their families and their children. I thank you that you've gifted them with insight and wisdom that's beyond their own natural ability because it comes born of the Holy Spirit and helps them to lead their families as they do. And I release a blessing to them this morning in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I pray also for those here today that maybe your father's not here anymore. Maybe he's passed away. Maybe he's an absent father, whichever. But I pray that you would look to the fathers in this house as a surrogate father, as a stand-in dad. And that you can go to these gentlemen in full assurance, knowing that they will tell you, I care about you, I love you. And I ask God's blessing in your life, in Jesus' name. Dads, I would encourage you to be aware of those in the congregation that don't have a dad and to maybe come alongside of them. Just a gentle word, just a gentle encouragement, just a gentle prayer to let them know that you see them as a dad in the house. See, when we do our baby dedications as a church, we often say, you know, it's, it's great, you know, you're going to commit to raising this child. As a church, I actually get our congregation to make a commitment to help raise that child as well because it takes a village to raise a child. That's right. And it takes a body of believers to come alongside of those who are hurting as well. Father, I thank you for your, your hand on today's service. It's been a, a cracking good service. It's been an absolute stonker of one. It's been great. Loved it. But I also thank you, Father, that you've profoundly put something in the hearts of your people today. I thank you for it. I ask you to bless these wonderful men and women of God in Jesus' mighty name. Just as every head's continued to be bowed, I know that most people here, but I don't know about maybe someone watching online. And I want to give an opportunity for someone to receive Jesus today as their Lord and Saviour. See, Jesus died so that we can come back into right relationship with the Father. And I want to tell you online, if you're watching this today, that Jesus loves you and He died for you so that you can restore a relationship that was broken through sin with the Father in heaven. There's only one way that you can come into this relationship, and that's by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. To believe that He came to the earth, that He was killed, he was hung on a cross, then on the uh, buried, and then on the third day he rose again and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. If you'll believe the gospel message, you may not understand it. And if that's the case, talk to us. Contact us in some way. 
But this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior. And it's as simple as believing in your heart and saying with your lips, I believe you, Jesus, died for me. Would you come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior today? And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. It's as simple as that. You mean it with your heart, you say it with your lips. Just rewind this a little bit. Catch it again and say it out loud. I believe that you'll be born again. Touch base with us if you do that. We've got some great resources we want to put into your hand and help you to start this journey of a great new relationship with God the Father. What a great way to come into the kingdom of God on Father's Day. Father, I thank you for your people today. Bless them, encourage them. In Jesus' name.